Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind. Featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Well, the goal here on the Coveted Hour, where the guests actually call us and say, I want to be a part of that show, the goal is to have the most provocative, thoughtful, interesting guests possible. Um, But we couldn't do that today, so Frank's going to join us. No, I'm kidding. So we booked Frank, who is live from Jupiter, Florida. Cardinal coverage you can count on on 5.9 The Fan. Frank, how are you? Don't you think that, like, like two seconds into that joke, that people knew it was going to be you were setting it up? Yeah. Well, I oh, I couldn't decide. Honestly, I thought about going in a different direction and saying, and so today. So you thought about being nice? Is yeah, that, and I was okay. going to say we've landed one of our bigger names. Frank is with us, and I just couldn't help myself. I couldn't. I should, but I couldn't. Probably a little bitterness born out of the fact you're there and we're here. Yeah, it's a beautiful day, about 80 degrees. We're sitting uh, right outside the Cardinal Clubhouse. Tim Kirchin has made more costume changes than Diana Ross at the Fox. <laughs> I, mean, I swear, he's been in a shirt and tie, different shirt and ties, twice, and now he's in shorts. Uh, he came here looking kind of raggedy, but now he's looking, it's just, it's crazy. Why would he need to do wardrobe changes, that many in one day? Taping, the only thing I can think of is like, hey, we're hearing the Cardinals are in on Harper. He tapes one, he's like, this Cardinal team preview for 2019 is a team that's done a little bit, but not a lot, and then he tapes another one. The addition of Harper has changed everything, just in, like one of those just in case. By the way, he did say on record on Channel 5 television that uh, he believes the Cardinals have the best chance to win the Central Division. Wow. Because it's really close. He goes, you know, Brewers, Cubs, but he goes, I think the Cardinals have just done more. And I would, if I had to guess, I would guess on that on the Cardinals. That's interesting. It, it does seem to be – there's a lot of buzz out of this camp, and I realize – Every camp's got some buzz. I think part of it is the Cubs camp. I mean, they had to deal with the Addison Russell domestic violence talk, and then they were talking about the racist emails. There's been kind of a negative tone week one for the Cubs, so it's hard for them to get kind of like bubbly and excited about the season when most of the topics early on were really negative. I, it does seem like the, the Schilt camp is rather loose. I know they've got work to do, and he's going to run a tight ship, but they seem very loose. Yeah, and, you know, the talk at this camp is one day Paul Goldschmidt hit, hits a ball to the shrubs, and the next day Marcelo Zuna hits one off the wall here, which probably went even further. It's it's insane. I know the wind is go- going a little bit, but if you look way back there where that where that 
plate is, and then you think where we are, and a ball was hit that far, it's insane. It really is. The other buzz at camp, probably uh, the work of Iggy, right? Isn't that kind of what everyone's uh, buzzing about, that he's came in in game shape and has really put on a show? I have not really observed it that way, but uh, <laughs> I know young Ken has, has done good work over the years. He's a fine journalist, and we're happy to have him at the new 590 fan. <laughs> Martin, today was actually a kind of a kind of a day of emotion um, in terms of uh, interviews. You had um, Dexter Fowler, you know, talking about the depression and how brutal it was, and how it was just you know kind of tough going to the park. Um, you had Brett Cecil discussing in great detail about what happened at the start of last spring training when, you know, he's extremely close with his in-laws. They're like his parents. And uh, they were keeping an eye on his mother-in-law who was near death. And then suddenly his father-in-law died. And like he, he started to break down during the interview with myself, the interview with Charlie. And he's, so he went through the ringer last year. Um, yeah, I think when people see that too, you are reminded. As much as we yell at the TV or during the game, there there are people, you know. And and I know Larusso always said it, men not machines. But we boy, we lose that perspective instantly, don't we? Yeah. In fact, I don't even want to tweet out anything about Brett Cecil because Twitter sometimes brings out the worst in mankind. And you know, once you try to give a sympathetic tweet about Brett Cecil's life last year, all anybody would do, oh, he can laugh it off. He's got plenty of money. He's a bum. You know, you're right. We don't, we don't think that they're men. Uh, we don't think they think we think they're machines and not men. Um, the other thing emotion wise today was, uh, was a sit down with, with Chris Carpenter. And I know there was a video out about it. We got him to talk a little bit about it. You know, Carpenter's life was like a complete mess for a long time, even, you know, during the greatness, you know, of his career, he was not a content guy and, you know, battled drinking and just his head was not in the right place. And, and finally, you know, Adam Wainwright, um, you know, just begged him to, to, you know, to give his life to the Lord. And, uh, he said, you know, basically Adam saved his life. And he said, the ironic thing is when I, when Adam first got here, they told me, you teach this kid how to be a pro. And the ironic thing is that Wainwright taught Carpenter how to be a man. And uh, I, 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 I kind of observed it like my first day here when Carpenter walked into the clubhouse for the first time. And that embrace with Wainwright was not just your typical, hey, how you doing? They are thick as thieves, and it was really powerful to see. And how was he uh, temperament-wise? Because we all talk about he is intimidating, but if you get him going, if you sit down, he's, he's a very sincere guy and probably better Definitely better. Like Wainwright can talk to 20 people at the same time and be totally himself. I think Carpenter is better sitting there just one-on-one. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's he's here to be a special assistant. The title, I think, is a general manager, but he says, I think I'm a special assistant to everybody. Hmm. He was out there with, uh, with Paul Goldschmidt and uh, Matt Carpenter when the infielders were picking up ground balls. He's all over, you know, the Jack Flaherty's and the Dakota Hudson's. And let's face it, the one guy in the Cardinal staff who you think about when you think about Chris Carpenter is Jack Flaherty. And he said, you know, I've been watching him closely and I like everything, everything about him. He also said something kind of interesting that I asked him about the, the competition high. I said, how in the heck? Because sure, he's still a young guy. How do you live without that competition high? You're a competition junkie, an adrenaline junkie. He goes, I, I haven't figured it out yet. 
because he goes, I play in men's leagues and hockey and basketball. Nothing comes close to it. He goes, I really, really miss that. How about the demeanor of Fowler, who has been, it started with Derek Gould and doing the piece at his home in Las Vegas, talking about the depression and, and how tough last year was. It seems like since then, he's really been on this tour, willing to be an open book. And my word for him would be the last couple years, though, sort of guarded, even though he can be effervescent and lively at times, but definitely guarded. How was he in your sit down? Well, he was very cordial and he was relatively open, but he didn't, you know, get into great detail about the depression. He just said it was a, it was a brutal year and, you know, People really don't know that, but I battled depression. And then he brought up an interesting point, and I know you and I have kind of joked about this in the past, that we sometimes get to Bush Stadium before he does. And he said, people don't realize this, is I conduct a full workout at home before I go to the ballpark. And I, I do the workout, I have lunch, I take a nap, and then I go. But he says, I do that every day. So he says, when I get to the park, all I want to do is play baseball. I want to lift weights. I don't want to do anything else. I do all that before I get to the ballpark. So, he, look, he said, look, I'm the same guy. I, I, I mentioned the 851 OPS from a couple of years ago. He says, and then he stopped me and he says, yeah, that was just two years ago. He says, people make it seem like it was a long time ago. Just two years ago. And he went out of his way to say, wasn't that long ago. I wish you would have rolled out. And I heard you and Martin joking about being in there before me <laughs> and walking on. <laughs> We would we would have we would have no comeback. We're like, uh yeah. Or if I were Frank, I'm like, that was really Martin who said a lot of that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, if you're not down here, I would definitely sell you down the river if you tried to say you heard it. Yeah. Oh, is that Martin? You know, Fox Two. Uh, let's do this. We got Frank on the line. He is in Jupiter. How about five for Frank in the noon hour today? Brought to you by Greenville. Time to tee up the hot topics. It's five for Frank. Brought to you by Greenville University, a liberal arts institution, just 45 miles from St. Louis. Probably an impossible question to ask, but do you have a gut as to Paul Goldschmidt, the percentage that he's in this camp one year from now? Okay, that's a great question. In fact, I asked Kirchin and Moselock and Paul Goldschmidt that same question about uh, less than an hour ago. And I think with what we're seeing in free agency, uh, if Paul Goldschmidt has a, has a good feeling about St. Louis, which he says he already has, that this thing could be, you know, done before the All-Star break. I mean, if the Cardinals were to say, here's $25 million, five years, at eh, $25 million, how could you say, oh, I'm going to test free agency? That's worked out so well with everybody else. So, yeah, I, I'd say, let's say 65, 35. Yeah, and the, the mindset of this guy, it's impossible to know. We don't really know him that well, but he does seem like a guy who's reasonable, who would say, you know what, that's a ton of money, I'm good, as opposed to, you know, an agent saying, no, 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 we got to get absolute top dollar. He feels like the guy who would push back on the agent and say, I'm comfortable. This is plenty. My grandkids, grandkids, grandkids will have money. This is fine. Just get it done. I, He seems to have that personality. A able to get anything out of him because he can be real low-key. Yeah, just real low-key and real positive. I will say this is he and Matt Carpenter are as thick as thieves. Um, they played against each other in high school. Carpenter was a couple years older. They played against each other in college. And Martin, when they're walking uh, from BP to the infield and the back to the clubhouse, it's always those two. They are inseparable. So he's a good guy. He's not going to say a whole lot, but uh, he'll be a great card in our true or false, baseball needs to alter the arbitration process. Apparently these guys are in the room because Trevor Bauer – 
the Cleveland pitcher, very good Cleveland pitcher, was commenting how at the end of his arbitration hearing with Cleveland, they brought up the fact that he was on social media quite a bit. What does this have to do with how much you're going to pay him to pitch? And the first person I noticed that commented or reacted online was Tommy Pham, sort of shaking my head about this process. Why is it that a team wants a player, but they'll spend a whole day saying, you know, he's not that good, he's not that good, and then to save like $200,000? Wow, that is just brutal. And the, the player should not be in the courtroom like that or whatever, <laughs> the hearing room. That's just insane. Isn't that but weird? Like, yeah, it is. Uh, the subject of uh, social media, um, you know, Matt Carpenter put out a tweet recently asking the fans what they want from him this year, and all these fans are responding. So he's really, like, opening up with social media. And then there's some guys who want no part of it at all. I think it's kind of fascinating, the contrast. All right, Five for Frank, brought to you by Greenville University. The Blues, by the way, the Blues, keep since you've left, they're still winning. It's eight in a row. It's insane. Last night was basically a ho-hum, 4 nothing win. It was like, yeah, they won, no big deal. And they're sort of doing what good teams do. Just come on, just hammer the other team right away and make it clear they have no shot. But at this point... What are you willing to accept? If I told you they just made it to the playoffs but got bounced, would you take that or turn it down? Yeah, it's hard to believe I would turn that down where we were a month ago. So, yeah, I think you know, we'll have to have one round. Boy, we may be getting to the point where you have to win two rounds. So, yeah, yeah I think we're, we're going to take the first one. Don't you think every day we're getting a little greedier in terms of what we expect? Yeah, especially when the uh, first star of the week follows up that performance with a shutout last night. Jordan Bennington is 11-1-1, and and I wish Strick had saved the text when he celebrated the Bennington debut in Philly where the kid got a shutout in his first ever NHL start, and the Blues executive texted to tell him to calm down. It's just one game. If I'm Strick, I'd hold on to that for a long time. Really? By the way, was Strick uh, prancing around like a peacock today? Yeah, he was. But he was late to the slop, and I said, you basically have a one-hour commitment to Frank's show every Friday, although he, he blamed his wife, which was not a great move the day after Valentine's Day. And uh, did you uh, carefully uh, book a guest at 11? Oh, yeah. We had uh, we had a comedian who had been on Saturday Night Live. He's coming to town next week, Jim Brewer, and I think he was on hold at, like, 11.00. We're like, guys, go, 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 go. <laughs> we... <laughs> and basically, now they're in on it because Charlie and Andy both said, all right, what do you got? You got some guests or something coming up? I'm like, yes, got to go. And they're like, who is it? Don't worry about it. We got a guest. Yeah, I mean, we could have Al Michaels and Vin Scully together on a round trip at 11, and they would say, why would you want to talk to those guys? Correct. <laughs> yeah, I would say that uh, the aura of the slop continues, where it's just Chuck and Andy, and it's their world. We're just living in it. All right, Frank, the place in St. Louis, it could be a restaurant, could be a uh, uh place of business, doesn't matter, that you miss the most. We've been having fun with this on the uh, text line because we had the folks from Johnny Max come by today kind of tell their story. And Charlie Tuna misses Al Baker's. I said I still miss Noggles. And there's a lot of green. You know, the Parkmore was a CBC staple. Um, how about for you? Is there a place that you still maybe you grew up with and still wish was yeah. around? In fact, you may remember it. It was off of uh, Manchester Road around Manchester and 270. It was a place called Victoria Station, and they specialized in prime rib and steaks. And we used to have an agreement with them. They would come to Key Malls, and then we would go there. So literally, like every Sunday night, 
my brother and my buddies, his buddies, and we would just just pig out on 32-ounce prime ribs with these marinated mushrooms and chocolate cheesecakes. It was just the best ever. I love the fact that the restaurateurs got to go, and then they'd look at Frank. Well, you you don't work at Kemal's. What are you doing here? <laughs> I loosely remember that name right by kind of near the movie theater, that area, De Pere. Yeah. All right, number five, what do you think's fair when talking about the Cardinals? Bill DeWitt yesterday on TMA said, listen, our payroll is almost always right there after the big boys. I'm paraphrasing, but basically said we are right behind. And we, we looked at some of the numbers. Hoff printed them out just in recent years. In 2015, the Cardinals were 12th in payroll, and they were $4 million ahead of league average. The next year, in 2016, they were 11th in payroll, and they were 14 over the league average. I'm not carrying their water. I'm just pointing out the facts here. So the Cardinals were 14th in payroll in 2017, and that year only $4 million ahead of the league average. Now, last year, they were 8th in payroll. Spent $163 million last year. Payroll that was a good $24 million over league average. And this year, they're projected to be number 9. So if you look at those numbers, you always have the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Giants, the Mets. There's a handful that you can just sort of count on. So do you think they're being conservative, or do you b- agree with DeWitt that we're kind of spending where we should with what we have yeah, coming I, I in? I do think I'd love to know, and I'm sure Brian could eventually find it, is where they are in revenue. Yes. That's the key. If they're, if they're top three or four in revenue and they're ninth or tenth, in spending, then I think it, it all comes down to revenue. But look, nobody can call this organization cheap. I mean, look at the contracts they've given to Brett Cecil, who may not deserve it. Dexter Fowler with a lot of money. Um, yeah, they, they've they've spent. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I would say they're cautious, and that drives people crazy because they have the ability, like the Phillies owner who hasn't done it yet, they have the ability to spend stupid money. They just don't. They have that, but but they're they're not cheap. But I would say that they're very measured in what they do. But if you just look at the numbers, if you print them out, I mean, this year, for example, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Giants, the Mets, and the Nationals are the teams that are in front of you. That's about what you would expect, I would think. Yep, I agree with that. Frank, we'll let you go. We'll look for the reports later today. And what you really should be rooting for is a giant blizzard here so that you just get stuck down there for a little longer. That's an interesting point. By the way, Martin, can I make a quick correction? It wasn't Victoria Station. It was Cork and Cleaver, which was on 270 in Manchester. Victoria Station was in that Maryland Heights area. But both were outstanding, and we ate free. So that's all that matters. <laughs> How did I know that? Cork and Cleaver. All right, Frank, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Frank Cusimato checking in live from Jupiter. Cardinal Spring Training rolls on. And the storm, just as we say goodbye from Florida, if you're not in your car, and I realize most people are probably in their car, the the light flurries are starting to fall. If you have a high school basketball game tonight, you might want to check ahead of time. A lot of games have been canceled uh, in advance. It's supposed to be about one to three inches, but again, the snow is starting to come down for those not in their car. Frank's very concerned about our weather back here. I almost started nice. I honestly was going to say, you know, we're, we're honored to have Frank on this show, and then I just last second sort of downshifted and turned it into an insult, which is sort of my go-to. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have, like, the voice in your head probably just says, oh, be mean, be mean, be mean. Right. I, 
And I thought Frank would expect that. You had the angel on one shoulder saying, be nice to your cohort down in Florida who's working hard. And the devil said, be a jerk. And you listen to the devil. And yesterday, in trying to bring Matt Rocchio into the conversation, I insulted him. But I'm telling you, it was on accident. Because we were talking about what can you do for Valentine's Day. Well, Brian was just married last year. I've been married for about 10 years. We ordered the pizza because we got a half-off coupon. <laughs> TJ, That's what we did. Is that what you did? Yeah. That's how you celebrated? Uh-huh. So you're on the Chris Long bandwagon uh-huh. where Valentine's Day is a tad overrated for yes. couples. Yes. But I looked at Matt Rocchio and I said, oh, our friends at Schnooks, what a great deal. It's a buy one, get one free. And as I started saying that, Matt's talked about his lovely mother, who I think works with James Carlton at State Farm. I said, Matt, you can do a, get a buy one, get one free. Get your mom a box of chocolates and drop them off. And everybody took that as a shot that he didn't have a Valentine. It was not a shot. In, in hindsight, it came off poorly, but it was not meant to be a shot. In hindsight should be your book title. Yeah, in hindsight. <laughs> uh, by the way, those 2015 payroll numbers, MLB, what was most interesting to me that year, and that was a playoff year, won the division, won 100 games. Cardinals were just a little bit ahead of the league average. But the next closest team to the Cardinals in payroll that year, the Kansas City Royals. That sort of jumps out at you and says, wait a minute. Now, they were a year after their World Series run. They were still sort of in the mix as one of the better teams. Well, 2015 was the year they won it, too, right? Didn't they win the World the, Series that correct. year? Correct. Yes. And so that's another question. So 2015, the World Series winner was the Royals with the 13th highest payroll, if you just want to play that game. 2016, I think we all remember, the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. They had the fifth highest payroll. The Theo imprint is starting to grow, right, when they start spending more and more, even though he's the wizard. 2017, World Series winner. Why am I blanking? That was Houston, right? Houston won the World Series in 2017, and they had the 17th highest payroll. And, of course, last year the Red Sox were number one, not only – in holding the trophy up, but also in spending. So the difference in Red Sox and Cardinals, just one year ago, Red Sox spent $227 million in payroll. Cardinals were at 163 The weird thing is, and this should be pointed out, Cardinals payroll from last year to this year is down $10 million. But it also appears everybody's payroll is down. And that's just a coincidence, guys. That's not the other C-word collusion. It's just a coincidence. They're all down in spending from a year ago. The team that probably gets the least for their money, it seems like historically, is the Dodgers. I mean, they're good. They're always in the playoffs. They did get to the World Series, but they boy, they spend a ton. The Dodgers do what I would like the Cardinals to do, like what the Red Sox do, which is just stop playing bad money. Just eat it and get rid of the bad player. Eat it and get rid of the bad player. Yeah. Sign Harper and say to Dexter, we love you, but yes. we found you a new spot. You know, find another reliever and just tell Brett Cecil to go home. Additional text topic for Hoff to monitor. Cheap or cautious? What do you think the overwhelming response will be? Cheap. 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 Doesn't matter. And, and again, they are making a bleep ton of money down there. That, that's not in debate. All right, quick break here. It is the Midday Grind Friday edition here on 590 The Fan.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.